Hello, all you true believers. Think you know more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe than anyone else? Think you have the most superheroic knowledge base in the universe? Well, your chance to prove it is close at hand. We at the Front Row Network will be co-hosting the Marvel Trivia Night Competition at the Ingrained Brewery and Restaurant on Tuesday, September 11th. Assemble your Avengers to take on all the trivia questions starting at 7.30 p.m. Or you can even go full villain and try your luck solo. The best part? It's free to play! That's right, you get to play for free and can win some super heroic prizes. For more information, search for the Front Row Network on Facebook. Trivia Avengers Assemble! I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a month. Well, hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Network and a special episode of Beyond the Mouse. We have been doing these uh, Walt Disney World tips and tricks episodes all summer long, and this is the last of our summer episodes, Um, but we might continue them into the fall. Brett and Vanessa have already had some really great ideas for things to talk about, and now we have our brand new own feed on iTunes and all other podcast apps. So you can actually subscribe specifically to Beyond the Mouse. Uh, We will still post everything at the Front Row Network as well, but make sure to go on and like and subscribe to Beyond the Mouse and give us a rating as well, and then that way we can jump up in those ratings for the Disney-themed podcast of Beyond the Mouse. But this evening, I have the pleasure of talking to some of my favorite people. These people are all awesome, and I'm excited to talk about taking kids to Walt Disney World. So I have my wife, Anna, with us. Hey, everybody. And then third time on the podcast. Stop. It is. Yeah. Mary Kay. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me back. She made us Dole Whips. She's basically the best. (laughs) Full Whips. They're like fake Dole Whips. (laughs) (laughs) Full Whips. And her husband, Jake. Hi. Hey, Jake. So it's your first time on the podcast. It is. But I'm a regular listener. That's good. So you know what I'm going to ask you. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Toy Story. Oh, gosh, that's so good. Well, Toy Story 2. That was about a deal breaker. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you were like right on it, too. That's fantastic. No uh, ifs, ands, or buts there. But you two are what I would consider. You were like, I don't know if we're experts, but you have taken children to Disney World three times, and we have taken children to Disney World no times. Um, we're going to be going soon, so we're really excited about our first trip there and taking um, taking a kid for the first time, and it's just seeing Disney through a different set of eyes, because we're so used to seeing it as like, run, 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 do all of this stuff, try to get everything out of the way, and then stay in the parks until 11 p.m. because you feel like you got to get your money's worth. All of this stuff that I feel like maybe isn't the best idea for when you have kids, right? Right. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kind of a leading question. But, uh, so what I decided to do was kind of to break down the trip into different, um, almost like how you would go about going through your trip. So we're going to talk about getting there and uh, – 
particularly if you're flying, if there any tips or tricks for the airlines. And then once we're there in the hotels and then just going around Disney and also talking about specifically when you're in the parks. And we can kind of make that more general and talk a little bit about every park or whatever we want to do. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually the process of getting to Disney World. Uh, We're going to be flying. And for me, that might be the most nerve-wracking thing that I'm thinking about. Because I feel like once I'm at Disney, I kind of know I'm in my zone. I know, like, bus transportation and all that. But I'm already kind of a nervous flyer, so I'm sort of freaking out about that. So (laughs) help calm my nerves a little bit. What are some of the things that you guys have done when you're traveling? Not even just to Disney, but just traveling in general. Have you driven there or have you flown? We actually, I, I can't speak for Jay. I I assume that I can, though. I would prefer to drive than fly. Um, We typically make that part of our vacation um, and part of the Disney experience, too. We just load up the van with Disney movies and Disney pajamas and Disney snacks and Disney games and Disney books and kind of start the vacation. um, Don't forget the glow sticks. Disney glow sticks, yeah. We kind of have car parties and just drive right on through. so you, you don't to stop avoid either. the anxiety of, of flying. Um, typically on the way down, we don't. We drive yeah. right wow. through. You're kind of like fueled on that adrenaline. And yeah. um, our kids have always been really good about sleeping in the car. We leave. Um, we try to leave like early evening so we can stop and eat. And then we put them in pajamas and we do like a regular bedtime, brush our teeth, get in the van. And we bust out the glow sticks and read a bedtime story and then put sleepy time music on and they typically sleep through the night so that's great i think we're going in their car yeah right i know it's a party we try to make it fun yeah and when i say we drive through the night what i really mean is jake (laughs) drives through the night and i wake up from occasional naps to chat with him when he's tired i say so do you get any sleep or do you switch off at some point or how does that work um usually at the Florida border, we switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what, that's about 12 hours in or so? Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. So then Mary-Kate usually gets the home stretch. Yeah. Have you ever flown with kids? The first time. The we very first time, yeah. And how did that go? You know, I will say, um, first of all, you always need to bring treats, not just for your kids, but for people that are sitting around you just in case. <laughs> that's, that's a tip. If your uh-huh. babies are obnoxious, then you want to be able to pass out. Here's a little Hershey bar for you. <laughs> and also remind them that it's good luck, I have heard, to be on a flight with a crying child. Mm-hmm. So you can just remind people of that. Yes. That will help you feel better. But I will say, though, that Disney does a really good job of like removing travel anxiety. I feel like as soon as you touch down mm-hmm. in Orlando, uh-huh. they take over. Like There's not the usual airport anxiety of getting luggage and getting to a gate and figuring out how to get to your hotel. It's so easy once you're there. You literally feel like, at least if you fly into Orlando, you're in Disney's airport. Like, you're you're just there. And they sort of have you. They have your bags. They, are, they have that same, you know, Disney cast member mentality of welcoming you. And, and really, so I feel like once you get off the flight, the anxiety is over. And I think the return trip, too, I would say the same thing. Once you're, you know, you're leaving your hotel, they get you where you need to go. Everything is very pleasant and low stress. They're used to dealing with kids. 
So as opposed to, you know, a, a normal vacation or airport where, you know, kids are maybe 50-50, like, mm-hmm. this is sort of what they do. So Yeah. Right. I think it's the Magical Express. I think it's what mm-hmm. they call it. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, we were actually, initially when we booked everything, we were going to fly into Sanford, and I had never been to that airport, uh, and then we were going to rent, like, a, like a, van or something to get us over to Disney and then we just decided we were like you know we're going to spend a little extra money and do Magical Express because Magical Express is actually free but I think flying into mm-hmm. Orlando International was a little bit more money than Sanford but I think it's going to be worth it because I like you said like do. you don't you don't have to worry about putting your like you basically you're get, you're given these tags to put mm-hmm. on your luggage and we've already received them and you just put them on and then you're just done like mm-hmm. you you know your your luggage ends up in your room, which is a really great way to avoid some of that stress and anxiety. Absolutely. But, um, so we've kind of already made a decision for our for for us. But uh, where did you guys come down on car seat? No car seat. What did you do? Or was were they even old enough for a we car seat? We never. At that point? I don't think we. Obviously, when we drive, we have them. But to fly, I don't think we took a car took seat. Ever. I think Stella yeah. was. Jesse was like six months, so then Stella would have been about three and a half. So it would have been a lap. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, so yes, and then like you said, just bring tons of snacks. That's what I've heard. Snacks. Now you cannot feed your children, enough. and the more you can bring, the less you have to buy. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just no way around it. They're always going to be hungry because they're moving, you know, in a mile a minute, and the more that you have at the ready, the less you have to wait in the line or spend all of your monies buying churros yeah so <laughs> and i think like every kid's different i ours were, we were lucky when on our flight i don't remember it being terrible it's been a few years but mm-hmm. it wasn't so bad where you remember it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. well and the other thing that's nice about the magical express is when you don't have to worry about your luggage as soon as you get to your resort as soon as you're on site you can start enjoying it with them you know you're yes. not worried about carrying three different bags and pushing this and grabbing that you can just sort of enjoy it because you know how once you're in a lobby and there's things to do and see and look mm-hmm. at you you already feel that weight of having your luggage and belongings like off your shoulders already which is so nice yeah and so if you uh, want to use magical express one of the things you have to do is stay on property at a disney world resort now you mentioned that you have stayed either on property or off property uh so moving into more of the resorts and the hotels what are what's your opinion there was it easier on property was it you know did you save enough money going off property to make it worth it to do that What, what are your thoughts we, we've done it both ways, and obviously I'm a teacher. Like, we budget. It's it's not like we're hemorrhaging money. So there's no, there's no doubt that it's an expensive trip to take a family to Disney World. But for my money, literally, it, w- it is really hard to stay off property for any amount of money. We had a situation where we had some free lodging and we're there with family. Um, so that was really hard for us to say no to. But if we had any option, I would always choose to stay on. It just makes everything so much easier. Like we said, like with the airport, it's like you're there and you don't really have to think about getting places and taking things and hauling things. And and there are enough really nice, moderate resorts there now that I think they do make it 
um, easier for families to be able to afford to still stay on site. It doesn't mean you have to stay in like the the foofiest resort there. You can still be on a Disney property and enjoy all the amenities of being on site without having to worry about renting a car, getting there, parking, you know, just day after day. So yeah. the last I, time we stayed at the All Stars, mm-hmm. um, All Star movies, and it was it was fine. I mean, it was mm-hmm. as much as you're there. It serves its purpose. Um, before that, we had when when Jesse went with us his first time. He was like six months. We wanted something a little closer, something that had a more of a kitchen. So we rented um, vacation club points mm-hmm. and stayed at Boardwalk, and because you could walk to Epcot, walk to mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios, and you had the access of having a kitchen, which we, we wanted that at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but like you said, now like. If you're, a lot of people just say all you do at the resort is really sleep. And and we've mentioned, I think it was Brett or Vanessa, it was one of the two of them that mentioned that you can go to any of these resorts while you're there. So you can book a meal at Ohana, even if you're not staying at the Polynesian, or you could go to the boardwalk and experience some of that really cool, like nightlife and Mm -hmm. all that, or even those uh, carnival games and stuff like that for kids. And you you don't have to be staying there. Mm So you can make it more affordable by maybe staying at one of those value resorts and then uh, making sure that you uh, are still on Disney property, can use their transportation, all that. So I think it makes... I'm definitely pro staying on property. I am too. And even um, the times that I've been without a child, I still like the option of being able to go back and take a nap in the middle of the day if I want to. Or if it's raining and I want to go change my shoes, I can. (laughs) Um, So it's just to have that close to me is everything. So that's why I enjoy it so much. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's not taking the magic out of it either. It's nice to go back and have that still be part of your day. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have, like, it's just the bus. You don't have to worry about finding your car, loading things Mm -hmm. up. And usually when we went off-site, like, once you left to go off-site, it was a real drag to try to come back. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're on the bus, like you don't have quite that hindrance of coming back. No. Mm-mm. And so this was a, a question that I had gotten, um, and this is a great segue into that. And this kind of bleeds into the parks a little bit, but how did you arrange your days or how would you recommend arranging your days as far as do you take a break or do you just try to plow through the day uh, or, you know, like be in the parks a little less time and, and kind of get through the whole day without taking a break? What are your thoughts there? Um, I think it depends on your kid. And it, we were lucky that all of our kids could nap in strollers. So we could, you know, stop at like the tiki room and um, listen to the best place to nap ever. <laughs> Hashtag, oh my gosh. If your kid even like gets that little kind of sleepy look in their eyes, just head to the tiki room wherever you are. Our kids could sleep You're an in animal the tiki kingdom. room. Just get, get the on a bus and go. Um, no, that is no joke. I mean, it was like, oh, nap time. Let's go watch those magical birds. Yeah. I mean, Soothing your child. It's true. It, it, and it's then dark and air conditioned. They fall asleep. There's like rain sounds. I mean, I could fall asleep right now just thinking about it. Luxurious. And not only that, but when you come out, there's a nice shaded area too. So if you have somebody that falls asleep in there, you can kind of sit in the shade with them once you get out. But yeah, it is. They ought to rename that magical dream time. Magical dream time. Who needs a nap? Let's go. Yeah, when you come out, you know, there's that little seating area. Grab one of those. I remember I had Jude last time. Mm-hmm. Everybody else can go get a Dole Whip and exactly. ride right the there. flying carpets. And yeah, 
it's nice to know where to go to nap. So I think if, if you know your kid and you know that they're able to really check out, then you can go as long as you want. But I think we were, we've also had the, the benefit of knowing that this isn't going to be our only trip with the kids. So we don't feel that mm-hmm. we have to hit everything or there's going to be something they'll never see it. So we go until they are clearly too tired and we don't want to hit the wall where but you, I mean, everybody's seen that at the, at the end of the night and you have these mm-hmm. kids that are just falling apart. Yeah. Just I, melting down and then the parents are yelling at yeah, them. And it's yeah. not fun for anybody. No. And that's hard because like you say, you have the, the pressure of wanting to see as much as you can. Like you said, when we go as adults, it's what park opens the earliest and what park closes the latest. How can we be in the park the longest? What, you know, and you, you have that drive to do the most you can with kids too. But you, I think you have to just realize that you're either going to enjoy part of it a hundred percent, or you're going to enjoy all of it at like 50% because mm-hmm. you, you have to kind of just, just pick and choose how to keep them engaged and to keep yourself from going crazy too because there is that pressure as a parent you know oh i want you to meet rapunzel today but you don't want to meet rapunzel when you're having a full-blown come apart either so Mm -hmm. yeah it is just kind of feeling them out but again that's the benefit of being on property too is you can Mm -hmm. check out for an hour and a half nap and then head back out and enjoy more of the day fully rested, adults and kids. Yeah, and that's, uh, we haven't been there with a child, but that's kind of what our strategy has always been too, is that to give Mm -hmm. yourself a little bit of breather in the middle of the day, because we are, you know, when we are at Disney, um, and I think that this will work out with sleep schedules and things too, like we are excited to go right first thing in the morning because it's just, you know, fun to be at Disney. And so we're there usually at rope drop and trying to get into the park right away. Um, And then by the time people start actually waking up and coming to the park at like 11 o'clock, that's when I'm like ready to go back and take Mm -hmm. a nap or whatever so in the really busiest and hottest times of the day you can kind of go back and take a break and that's one of the benefits of staying on on site and on property um and so i think that maybe pretty much pro break all the way around right because Mm -hmm. trying not to run yourself ragged and make sure that you're still experiencing and, and um enjoying your stay and that your child is as well one of the other benefits of the resorts that i wanted to talk about were the access to the pools and access to splash pads and things like that because one of the suggestions um i posted it on dis fan central not too long ago like what's your one piece of advice and Kristen actually said uh her one piece of advice is to not go to the parks every day if you can like obviously if you're only going to be there for three days four days that's one thing but if you're there for a full week her suggestion was give yourself a break give your kiddos a break and one of the ways you could do that was spending a day at the resorts or spending a day particularly at your resort and going Mm -hmm. in the pool so did you guys utilize the pools much more um when you had kids or what what are your thoughts there and what have you done around the resort to kind of make have you ever had just a resort day while you're there? Um, I feel like we usually carve out like an afternoon to mm-hmm. to just be at the pool. Um, the last time we were there when we stayed at the um, All Star Resort, it was nice because we had it was sort of our last big afternoon, and they had um, washers and dryers down by the pool, you know, like sort of a rec center. So we were able to kind of do some laundry and let the kids swim and just sort of like catch our butts a little bit before we had, you know, our last big hurrah. But we usually 
try to have at least an afternoon where we're just at the resorts. And there's so many great, like you said, you can kind of resort hop and go, you know, look at different places, eat different places. And a lot of the different resorts have such great things for free that you can do, um, usually kind of centered around wherever their pool area is, but, you know, outdoor movies, um, things like that. Campfire stories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great things that you almost miss out on I think if you're just micro focused on the parks so yeah we usually try and work some of those things in too right mm-hmm. I think and the last time I think we did that on the Hollywood studio day because they had it, Toy Story Land wasn't opened yet um, our kids were not into the like roller coasters and Tower of Terror so we went through that park pretty quickly and it was one of those where you know, let's go back and our youngest could take a nap and two oldest ones could go swimming and it just that it just that worked out easier mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and like you said, there's tons of free things to do at the resort. Every resort has a food court and most of them have a sit down like table service meal as well. So if you're on the meal plan you could even still use all those credits and not feel like you're wasting any money or wasting your time mm-hmm. uh, just by hanging out at the resorts, which is why uh, I think it's a great idea to stay on property and to allow like just to live in that Disney bubble for however long you're there. But let's talk about getting to the parks from the resorts. So let's say we're we're staying on property. Let's talk a little bit about bus transportation and if you've had any horror horrible experiences there, horror stories. And then also, have you taken strollers on the buses? Have you taken strollers into the parks? Have you rented strollers? What have you done with those? So pr- primarily getting to the parks transportation-wise and then also strollers. What are your thoughts on both of those? had any real horror stories with transportation i think at least for us worst case scenario is just you have to sit in the heat and wait for a bus if you you know it's like that magical disney timing of walking up to the right as the bus gets there and you feel like you've won the lottery or you walk up and it just pulled off and you know you've got 25 minutes to kill before the next one comes so i think with kids it's just again being a little prepared making that a good time to sit and have a snack, you know, if you know you're going to be waiting, kind of hold something back, you know, if you've got drinks or snacks or if you picked up, I know sometimes we'll pick up even just random, you know, if you go to eat and you get a kid's menu at the restaurant, we'll grab two or three extra ones to put in our bag so that later on, if we have extra time, we pull it out and there's tic-tac-toe or there's, oh, you know, whatever, really whatever they have on the kids menus. We even, I even have taken some into my classroom at school and laminated them to let kids use like in free time but just to have like little activities in case you're waiting or if you wind up on a bus for you know a 15 or 20 minute ride it's always good to have a little something again that isn't like just screen time because you want them to still be in that environment and and the bus rides are fun too because you're driving through florida even when you're not you know in the park parks there's palm trees and there's things to look at so we've always been lucky we haven't had any yeah, no, stories. It's been good, and I, we've always taken a stroller with us. And last time we took um, one of those sit and stands. Okay. Um, I mean, even if you're, our kids normally don't ever, they're not in strollers. You walk so much at Disney yeah. World that it's just best to have. If there's something you could take or you want to rent, that even like seven year old can just hop on for for an hour. It it just prevents. 
grumpiness later. And it gives you a little somewhere to put stuff, too. It's, we, we kind of refer to ours as the mule, but you can stash food if you want to bring snacks or water bottles. And we always use ours if we're stopping for the parades mm-hmm. or, you know, the street parties. It's nice to kind of have a place where they can just sit for a little bit and get their bearings. Right. Mm-hmm. The thing I always try to tell people, if, if you take a stroller... Um, or you rent one, try to think of some way you can mark your stroller because anytime you park it, um, somebody's job, one of the cast members' job, is to keep that corral organized so it'll get moved. Usually it usually stays in the same row, but it gets moved. Mm. Sometimes it gets moved up a row. But if you have something that can mark your stroller, otherwise everybody has a black stroller. And you look and you don't want to spend, you don't want to spend your time looking for a stroller like there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, talking about the bus transportation now, uh, they just added this to my Disney experience. The, they have the bus wait times now in the app. So that's, that's that kind of helps avoid, uh, what you were talking about where you're like, Oh God, no, no, trying to run after that bus, uh, knowing that it's about 20 minutes or so, 20, 25 minutes between buses. So, Mm -hmm. but you can see when the next bus is going to be coming, which is, because then it's, if you're ever somewhere and it's one of those buses and inevitably it's like you want to go to Epcot and like three Magic Kingdom buses come. Like, right. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Hey. What's going on? Or like, uh, I remember um, at our last trip, we were sitting at Port Orleans and there was like nine Blizzard Beach buses and we were like, who goes to the water parks anyway? Like, yeah. Like, what is going on? I just want to go to Magic Kingdom. So, um, but it's kind of cool that you have that that in the My Disney Experience app. Yeah, and didn't you, weren't you saying that don't a lot of the um, companies such as Uber now and those, they all have car seats in them where you can request a car seat, so if that were to be an option as well. Hmm. Yeah, you can request an Uber or a Lyft with a car seat. And then I read into the minivans, and the minivans are through Lyft, but they're like official Disney, mm-hmm. and they go everywhere now. They've been... Uh, introduced to all resorts and to all areas of the park um, and they always have two car seats in them like in the back so the cast member can install them I guess fairly quickly they're probably pretty good at it Um, and then you can use those and minivans um, the price might have changed a bit but I believe they're $25 anywhere you're going so it's kind of a flat rate Hmm. but you can have up to six passengers so if you're thinking about like the end of the night in particular mm-hmm, is yeah. when I would think that we might want to try that uh, service because right after the fireworks, which is probably when we're going to end up leaving because we're going to have um, a small child with us that's going to want to get back to bed, um, that's when like the masses leave. You know, mm-hmm. So I think that if you're waiting in line for a bus, sometimes we've had to wait almost an hour for mm-hmm, a bus right. because um, there's just so many people trying to get back to your resort. So having that option of just saying, well, we really just want to get back now so you can dial up a minivan or Uber with a car seat and then be able to get back to the resorts. Uber, I think, is going to be still the cheapest option because it's not going to be $25. It'll just be whatever the Uber rate 
trade is at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, still kind of cool to have those extra options, too. Yeah. yeah. For those people who haven't been on the buses before, that is a free Disney-provided um, bus that you get on. So there is no cost to get onto those buses. But like for us, that's where it would be a, a benefit at the end of the night to just go ahead and pay the extra cash to get on right away mm-hmm. versus waiting in line. So it's Especially with one of those. With young people. Yes, yeah. exactly. They, I mean, they stack people onto those buses. They try to get them as many as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if flying is one of my anxieties, pushing around a stroller in the parks <laughs> is my other. Uh, do you have any good tips for, like, do you just, like, cr- crush ankles? Like, what do you do uh, with a stroller in the park? Do you you just got to kind of be king of the road? Or <laughs> how do you handle that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, plus you, I mean, you end up parking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, true. Kind of get to a central location where you know you're going to kind of bop around to several things in that area so you can park the stroller for a bit and then just use it when you have a longer amount of travel. But people, I think, in general are pretty aware. Just like anywhere else in the world, you have people that are there, like they've never seen a stroller before in their life or how they might work or where they might be going. But for the most part, I feel like you will not be alone. You will be in a sea of other strollers <laughs> and other stressed out dads <laughs> worrying good. about ankles. So That's good. you kind of like just make that eye contact with other parents like, I, I see you. <laughs> I understand. And three of the four parks have beer readily available. Right, so that's right. always something to remember. And you can put it on your stroller, which is another good reason to have a stroller. You just can put the beer right on top. So, yep. yeah. Or a cup holder, you know, uh, if you got a real fancy stroller. So that's perfect. A lot of them, I feel like, are really easy to navigate because they're such wide areas. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think Animal Kingdom seems like the most narrow at times, but... Otherwise, they're so wide that there's clear paths of people going with with strollers, so it's you'll be fine. Okay. So we're in the parks. We've gotten there. We know that uh, we can just run over Grandma with the stroller, <laughs> and we're going to be fine. So let's talk about particular attractions and rides. Um, so obviously when we've gone as adults, our goal is to try, well, my goal, not so much your goal, <laughs> Uh, my goal is to ride Tower of Terror as many times possible and to do Rock and Roller Coaster and to do Everest and all these other attractions that have height limits and all of this. So what um, what attractions might people not remember are there? Or maybe like what are some of the ones that your kids really enjoyed that maybe didn't have that long of a wait or were just something that people might not think of? Or you know, not, might not be on the top of their list to go to. What are some of the attractions you'd recommend with kids? Um, I think there's some of like the forgotten ones, or at least ones that I had forgotten until I had kids. Things like the People Mover, the Carousel of Progress, things like that, where you can sit and relax for a little bit, and um, smaller kids are happy. And like what you said, he doesn't have a height restriction. Um, I think. Um, Something you want to get fast passes for, like Peter Pan, because it's going to be a longer, longer ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them that people encourage fast passes, but I don't, I wouldn't. It'd be like Dumbo, because they have like that playing area now, and it's pretty, it's pretty fast. They added like a whole second track to Dumbo, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, truly, is there a difference between like Dumbo and Aladdin's magic carpets? Couldn't you just like go over? It? It's basically it's the same Dumbo, ride. But yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Dumbo. One's an the same. Carpet, yeah. so. <laughs> 
no spitting llamas yeah. at, at Dumbo. Right. I think um, the thing that having kids there kind of makes you realize too, kind of like life in general, is they enjoy the little things. And, you know, when we go, like you said, you look at the big things first. I don't, I would hate to go to Disney World with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, Tower of Terror, <laughs> Mount Everest, this sounds horrible. Right? <laughs> um, but I they really like, I just sit on Main Street while he goes and does all these things. <laughs> well, and you know what, that's the nice thing about, even when you do go with kids, is you can. Like, if you have a Fast Pass, it's going to take you 10 minutes to go ride that ride right. and then meet up with everybody else. So you can still enjoy that. And, you know, the single riders, even sometimes you can just hop on faster than you would if you had your whole family with you. But our kids really enjoy the stuff that kind of happens in between. Like you said, like, you know, you can play with the circus stuff and the queue for Dumbo, or they have that little splash pad um, out in Fantasyland. Our kids love that kind of stuff. There's a little playground area outside of Splash Mountain where they can kind of climb under a tree, and they love that stuff, I think, sometimes as much as they love the big rides. Um, Small World, our kids love. You know, some of the Mm -hmm. stuff, like you said, that you take for granted as an adult. We had never ridden the People Mover until we went with kids, and we're just kind of looking for something to do, a place to sit down, and it was like, well, we could ride this ride, and they loved it. So I think it's just remembering to kind of slow down sometimes and enjoy that stuff that happens in between rides. Sometimes, you know, like you said, when you're adults, you go from ride to ride, and you're in such a hustle to get there by your fast pass time or to beat a line, and you might miss four or five things. Our kids have always loved the little street parties that happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just happen into those. I know on the, my Disney experience, it kind of gives you a, a time of when they'll happen. But mm-hmm. well, you might be walking from ride to ride, and then all of a sudden there's like Woody and Jesse in Frontierland just dancing with kids in the middle of the street. And our kids would do that for a half an hour, you know, mm-hmm. before they had to go ride a ride and just enjoy all that stuff too. So It had like a... Like- in Frontierland, they had like that hoedown mm-hmm. with some of the country bears, and the yeah. kids really like that. There's there's different websites that have like kind of inside track of character locations, and because mm-hmm. um, that's that's always been a big thing for our kids is to go meet the characters. So mm-hmm. that that kind of takes more precedence than some of the bigger rides. So mm-hmm. you, you find that you you only have so much time, and you start prioritizing rides that don't have long waits. And are a little bit more mild, and then you know finding characters if that's what they want to do. Or I understand this is a really subjective question, and it really depends. Like you said, a lot of this really depends on your your child. But what would you consider a long wait with a child? I think it depends on the queue. Um, oh, that's true too. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't mind waiting in Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. with the kids because they have little things they can play with. They've got that one that blows bubbles mm-hmm. up and. Um, otherwise, I always like to try to keep it like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Half hour? Yep. I would agree with that. And I would say like even me, like the longest I would ever want to wait in a line is like 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. I think probably that 20 minutes to a half hour makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. that's another benefit of maybe going early in the day because you're more than likely not going to be uh, staying late at night. And um, so you can get on some of those rides or some of those kind of forgotten attractions. You mentioned um, one of the kind of play place areas with Dumbo. Christy actually asked about that. She said that she went recently to like Sesame Street land and they had a bunch of different play places. So have you found that like your kids loved 
Ridge doing that stuff as well? Like, did they ever get on? I think there's like the Boneyard and Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. and um, now they're. Oh, there's a play place inside Winnie the Pooh that's like a really small like toddler area mm. inside the queue as well. So there's a couple of different places like those, like those non-attraction attractions as well, right? Yeah, mm. and the kids, up, they've enjoyed those. We haven't, I don't think we did the Winnie the Pooh one. I think that um, we had a fast pass where, we, you know, we didn't have to go through the, I think that's one if you go through the actual queue. Right, yeah. Um, but definitely, like, the one in Dumbo, like, the splash pad outside there, like, our kids can definitely spend lots of time, you know, it's, it definitely makes that wait go faster. At Dumbo, it's nice, you, you, well, you get in and they give you, like, a, a restaurant little, like, beeper type thing, so whenever it's your turn, it beeps, and then you get into a short line to go Oh, that's to the awesome. Ride. That's really great. So. <laughs> I didn't like, know that. So, yeah, so you just, they're up there, there's, you know, I mean, part of it is a little, Chaotic, so I mean, you have to take a deep breath and realize that there's a lot of kids running up there, and you might lose track of yours for a second. But there is only one exit, and you're you're standing at it. But you do lose. I mean, like, because there's like different places for them to go back and forth. Because it's like the under the big top, so it has like the little like from Dumbo where they have like the fire and the with the clowns, and there's all kinds of different mm-hmm. scenes like that that they can play through. So it's keeping track of them can be. A little, little stressful at times, but it's fine. So one of the things we um, deal with as parents is uh, the whole idea of like wanting to do things over and over and over and over again. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think every kid has a little bit of that. Like the video's over and they're like, <laughs> again, again, you know, that kind of a thing. How do you handle that at Disney? Because like that, again, is going to be potentially a... 45 minute wait you know Mm -hmm. to be able to do that kind of thing do you just um do you try to distract with like treats or do you just take them to the next attraction what are your thoughts on like how to best handle that or maybe some suggestions on what to try (laughs) when you're in that situation i would say it's twofold one you know that trick that theme parks have where they dump you out into a gift shop (laughs) it actually is a nice distractor in that situation because there's immediately with no downtime, something else to look at that's, that's going to take our attention. About that. But I also have found, like with our kids, they're very um, visual. They like a schedule. So sometimes mm-hmm. I even I think if you get one of those maps and just talk even before you go to the park, you know, we're going to go here and then you can circle it and then draw an arrow and then we're going to go here and then we get to go see this. And then mm-hmm. so you can kind of redirect with, oh, remember, we have to follow this arrow to get to see Peter Pan over, you know, we don't want to miss Peter Pan. So I think maybe if you hit it in advance and say, you know, this is kind of what our day looks like at the outset. That's really smart. That kind of gives you a way to sort of keep them moving. They used to send you maps or you could request Mm -hmm. like free maps from Mm -hmm. Disney World. So the kids always got a big kick out of that Mm because you can put stickers on your favorite rides you want to go on and kind of help them. Yeah, clearly it's already been planned, but we can let them pretend like it's <laughs> <laughs> like they have some kind of input in their vacation. Yeah, absolutely. I so, like that a lot. It makes it more like a 
it lets them enjoy the journey versus mm-hmm. just get stuck in one moment. So I think that's neat. Yeah. So we've hit on uh, rides that we like to do or, or rides that make sense for kids. Uh, there's also a lot of rides that don't make sense for kids. And the ones that are obvious are the ones that have a height restriction, you know, like Flight of Passage, I think is like a 46-inch height restriction. So unless your kid is probably, well... <laughs> Ours might never get there, but you know, unless your kid is like, uh, is you know, probably seven or eight, they're probably not going to hit that height restriction. Same with things like rock and roller coaster. And plus, does a kid really want to do those types of rides? But what are some of the other attractions that maybe don't have a height restriction that wasn't that have you experienced any that were just like, you know what, we probably wouldn't do this again with our kids, even though it's accessible to them? Mm-hmm. I think it's kid to kid. I I will always, for the rest of my life, remember that kid that we saw in the Haunted Mansion. And we were there without kids, but we were behind a dad who, God bless him, I wonder to this day where he is and if he's okay, but he (laughs) was carrying a child who screamed the entire time that she wanted to leave this place forever. I want to leave this place forever. And she just kept saying it over and over because once you get into the Haunted Mansion, even the queue is kind of scary. And then she hadn't even made it to the ride yet. So I think for me, and we struggled with this with Stella last time, Splash Mountain is my favorite ride, and I wanted so badly to experience it with her, and she was not remotely interested in it. So I think you can kind of read your kids, you know, and I know there's that temptation to say, I know you don't think you're going to like it, but trust me, you're going to like it, and you want to, like, push them through it. Sidebar, I did force Stella to ride Splash Mountain, <laughs> and she did like it. Thank you. It was amazing. But that was that was like a dice roll, because had she not liked it, it would have ruined her entire day, you know, if she had gotten sick to her stomach or scared or mad. Yeah. Um, so I think, I feel Didn't like we keep defaulting. Yeah, Jesse wrote it, and she was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. But... I think, he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> the general rule of thumb, like we keep going back to, is just kind of know your kid, you know, yeah. and, and just have a, you know, if you have a kid that is crazy at home and fearless and a risk taker and mm-hmm. wants to always try new things, then maybe that's the same kid who in Disney World is going to want to try something that you're not sure about and you can kind of work through it. And if it's scary, they just don't do it again. But mm-hmm. if you have a kid like, Stella, who's a little more timid and, and likes to tiptoe into things and not and kind of move at her own speed, then you just kind of have to let them set the bar a little bit. But it is hard because you want you want them to have the best time and you know you know what's best for them or you think you know what's best for them most of the time and you want to enjoy those things with them. But sometimes it's just letting them kind of set the pace a little bit too. Well, and particularly if it's a ride that you absolutely love, like mm-hmm. collectively, our favorite ride is Peter Pan, right. and. I can see where that ride could be a little bit scary for a young child because you're up in the air, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think it's kind of a cool thing that you're flying up above London and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're not used to that or you don't really know what's going on or don't understand, I could see where a dark ride like that could be uh, a little bit scary. So mm-hmm. even stuff like that we'll have to be kind of cautious of and, mm-hmm. and just make sure that you yeah. try to make sure that your kid enjoys it. Yeah. One of the things that Stella and Jesse a little bit kind of got into, and I do this in my classroom sometimes as rewards, is there are a lot of like point of view rides on mm-hmm. YouTube mm-hmm. where you can kind of get like a first person point of view ride through a Disney ride. So mm-hmm. 
Um, Stella would sometimes kind of do that for rides that she wasn't sure about, you know, if it was something that she, and again, that's for an older kid. Um, but it, I think it's not a bad idea. You know, some of it kind of takes a little bit of the magic out of it because you're seeing some of the stuff before you actually get to yeah. see it. But if it's a ride like that, or even if, you know, if you go to Magic Kingdom one day and you're not sure about something, to go back to the hotel that night and watch it and say, okay, maybe that is something I think I could try tomorrow. Yeah. Just right. sort of a nice way to mm-hmm. get a sneak peek. Yeah, the other one, only other one that I thought that our kids, there was like parts of it was the... Um, Great, the movie ride. Uh-huh. It's, it's closed now, but they had the oh, the alien part. Oh, right. right. Or like uh, even Raiders. There's definitely parts of, just close your eyes, we'll be done with this soon. Right. <laughs> just here. <Yeah>. Just <laughs> this is the magical hugging part. Right. Here. I'll hold you while you close the your eyes. The one ride that I can't decide, and I think it's because of the length of the ride, um, and it's a dark ride, but it's not like scary at all. Is Spaceship Earth? I don't know, mm-hmm. like if that's too long of a ride to try, or if it's. Did you ever take them on that? Did they seem to enjoy it? Or yeah, our kids, kids like it. Kind of like okay. it. They're a little nerdy though. So at the end, when you get to make your own. Oh, picture. that's true. Yeah, yeah I bet that's really cool for them too. That's another ride where I feel like I, it's one of my favorite rides. Mm-hmm. Um, where I feel like you could maybe almost get a nap in because for a little one, it's oh, just even though true. it is dark, it's very soothing. And is it Judy Dench that does the uh-huh. the voiceover mm-hmm. there? So it's just this very kind of calm, soothing voiceover. And the Phoenicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but like I remember we went through it last time and Stella was like, is that Katherine Johnson? Is that astronaut Katherine Johnson? And I felt like it was like the best parenting win ever. So That's awesome. Yeah, I I just feel like my our kids have always enjoyed it. But even though you're right, it is long, but it's just also kind of very soothing. I think if you mm-hmm. timed that one right, again, knowing your own kid, if it was sort of like a mm-hmm. on the down note, you could just sort of have a nice restful 15 minute. I don't know how long that ride actually is. Probably not 15 minutes, but yeah. And we've talked a little bit about fast passes and some uh, rides that you want to get fast passes for, but there's this thing called Rider Swap, and I still don't really understand it, I don't think. Um, so I don't know if you guys have used it before, uh, and maybe you can help better explain exactly what happens. But So let's say that Anna and I have a fast pass for, and this will be hypothetical, for uh, Everest, because Anna's not going <laughs> Everest. I'm not doing Everest. But, but I like this story. Let's say we have that fast pass. Um, so if we go up... Do we have to all of us wait in line for it, or do we basically like like how does rider swap work? Um, so one of you will have will have a fast pass. Uh-huh. Really, only one of you needs to have it. I think. I think unless they've changed that. But um, so, like for example, we had it for we did that for Snow White. Nine chain. Oh. Um, so I, Mary Kate took the older two kids on it. Well, I took Jude on. Um, Winnie the Pooh. Okay. And so when Mary Kate goes up there, she scans her pass, and we're like, well, we've got Jude, and he can't go. Mm-hmm. And so then the guy will give you a, like a paper copy that says writer swap on it, and just gives you that. And it's usually good for a few days. So you okay. don't even have to do it, wow. like, within a certain time or even that day, mm-hmm. you can come back. And then you, when you take it back, then I can take the two big kids because you can take up to two people with you. Okay, so that I, and I had heard that that like, you know, that you can go up to three people at a time with mm-hmm. that as well. So that's good to know. And do you go? 
do you go all the way through the line if you're meeting with your family or do you just meet them in between or how does that work um it's just at the front, like whenever the, there's, there should be a cast member right at the like fast mm-hmm. pass, thing. fast pass thing, and you just tell them, then they'll give you that, nice. and then I just meet met them after mm-hmm. they were done. Just kind of waited to see it, you know. We got to see them on the ride too, so. And this is particularly like, I mean, because I think we both want to try Flight of Passage, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a brand new. Because you like Soren, and, and yeah. uh, it's kind of been said that it's like a a really amped up version of Soren. Um, but so that's something where that. That wait for that ride is always at least two hours long. There's no way we're going to wait in that queue. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, I don't even think I would do it if it was just the adults with us. So, um, so that having that kind of an option is a really nice thing to make sure that everybody can still kind of experience and have uh, their vacation. So, rider swap is definitely something that is really uh, cool, really cool benefit that they've added to parents taking their kiddos to Disney. Mm-hmm. And as and when you talked about, oh, can I ride that again? With the older two, they really did have that option of, okay, yeah, we can ride. You get to ride Snow White again. Yeah, the kids kind of get spoiled because they kind of can just ride it with both parents then or mm-hmm. whoever you happen to be there with. Um, so as far as other fast passes, this is just general tips from what I've read or, or you know, in just our research. Um, one of the things that people say is maybe instead of focusing so much on getting those uh, e-ticket rides, those big rides, to do more of like character meet and greets and things like that in your fast passes, uh, fast pass selection. Maybe do a show. Uh, we love the Finding Nemo musical mm-hmm. and really excited to go see that. And they, like that one in particular, if you get a fast pass for it, it's a really benefit to you. See, like Festival of the Lion King. So there's two shows at Animal Kingdom. Festival of the Lion King. I feel like the fast pass isn't as big of a value because you do get to sit in your own section, and it is like the center section. You could probably the best seats in the house, quote-unquote. But for the most part, if you just go in the regular line, you're still seeing the same show from the same perspective. What's cool about Finding Nemo is they have like an orchestra-level seating and then they have like a balcony-level seating. And if you are fast-passing it, you get like those front rows in the orchestra level. Um, and it's just such a cool musical. Like it's, I, I can't believe that one it never made the jump to becoming a full-blown Broadway show because it's about 40 minutes long, but it's awesome like mm-hmm. it's just so cool and such an, mm-hmm. a neat thing to experience so just in my own research I've read that maybe instead of focusing on just what you want to do for fast passes to make sure to try to grab some of those like character meet and greets and things like that too um, and even if you've used the first three fast passes make sure that at that point you go on my Disney experience and try to book an extra one and that might be available for you we really made good use of that the last time we were down and it actually became really fun once we used a fast pass we would get on the app and see what was available and nine times out of ten I feel like they were character meet and greets especially later in the day when a lot of the rides you weren't getting fast passes to anymore um but especially with little little ones, to be able to just buzz right into those character meet and greets is mm-hmm. so nice. And they have them spread out, so there really wasn't ever a place where we didn't find one that was relatively close to where we were that we could just get into with a fast pass kind of later in the afternoon. Because mm-hmm. talk about boring queues, like especially like the... Mickey and Tinkerbell at Town Hall or whatever, it's just like a big room with a rope like that guides right. you. So there's nothing to keep kids like really interested in that queue. Right. And I don't know if Mickey still talks. I don't know if he does I that. Think he I does. think that they took him out. Oh, uh, that was that was really fun. Yeah. 
That's a big bummer. But we've never seen Tinkerbell, and we were watching a vlog because that's our life now. We just watch Disney vlogs, and uh, <laughs> and like the person went into Tinkerbell's thing, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like really cool back there. So. It's like I've really tried like cool. four times to meet Tinkerbell, and he always tells me now that the line's too long. That is not true. I would I would wait forever for you. You did Aww. twice. So. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Okay, who needs another Dolan? <laughs> so let's. Uh, but I think the thing to remember for the fast pass. You were too busy riding Everest, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'll just wait myself. Is as soon Stay as that light goes on, like if so, as you're walking up to that ride, you can get one, so you don't have to wait a certain time. So I feel like we played with the the times on it a lot. Mm-hmm. So you know, even like the, after the first one. So if you scanned your first one, you can look to on your second one and move up the time. That way you can kind of mm-hmm. always modify what you have in order to... To try to make the most out of your day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so a couple last things I want to talk about. Nicole asked the question... And I think that there's some debate when you like look at Facebook groups and stuff like that. There's always people arguing back and forth on what the best way to do this is. But um, is pop Park Hopper worth it when you have kids? And is the meal plan worth it when you have kids? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take Park Hopper first. So that's the ability to basically go to any of the four parks at any time. And I think you mentioned that you have that, right, or have had it before. The way that we like to do Disney, because we put a break in the middle of the day, it's kind of fun to like start your day in one park and end it in another and mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we're planning on doing and and just sort of how we always operate with Disney but um, with a kid do you think that they're do you think that the value is still there in park hopper um, I don't know I mean I think we've been lucky enough that when we have gone before um, my sister had the military t- tickets so the park hopper was included in it. So it was never an, a thought of do, do you want to pay extra money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can see the the argument both ways. I, I see what you're saying. That would be fun to do, but a lot of people aren't going to go home for that break. And so when you if you're if if you know your schedule and you and you think that I'm going to get there early, but we're not worried about um, staying there all night or, for the fireworks mm-hmm. or whatever. Or if you go to the fireworks, like. We'll go to Magic Kingdom, but then we'll just come back to the Magic Kingdom to watch fireworks that night. Then I probably wouldn't. I kind of have always liked the freedom of it. Um, I feel like as much as we like to plan and and get the fast passes and know what we're going to do on a daily basis or get our map out, I like having a little bit of freedom. And, you know, we're always like a big fan of like the... Disney like magic hours where you know a certain park might open earlier and then a certain another park will be open later so if you do have that big break in the middle of the day and you want to get an early start and then also stay out late or maybe you just like the fireworks at Epcot the best and you want to go see them twice you have the opportunity to do that so I've always liked it Um, one of the things we've done the past couple times we've gone as our kids get a little bit older is we try to carve out um, time to have a little one-on-one um, so like I will take Stella out for a girl's night, one of the nights we're there. And it's nice to just kind of let her decide, Hey, like, Hey, you know, it's your girl's night. Do you want to go to magic kingdom? Do you want to go to Epcot? Do you want to go to animal kingdom? So That's then cool. they kind of have like a little more freedom there. Um, 
And I, I would highly recommend that, too, if you're in a situation where you can make that one-on-one time if you have multiple kids. It's always been some of our favorite. Yeah, Stella always talks about that they got to go back one night, just Mary-Kate and Stella, so the boys all stayed at the hotel. And we met Tinkerbell. Sorry to rub it in. <laughs> I'm doing um, a girl trip. You can. And actually, that and you're brings me down to... you their van. Yes, we're, let's do it. What are you doing tomorrow? Let's go. Um, one of the things that we did that I had actually seen on another vlog was um, we went back for fireworks at Magic Kingdom and went, instead of like joining the masses on Main Street, we went to the Swiss Family Robinson house. I don't know if you've ever read this, but it was easily the best tip I have ever gotten, especially since it was just the two of us. So we just kind of beeline right past the crowd. And, it, you know, as soon as you're off Main Street, there's nobody there because right. everybody goes to the fireworks. Yeah. So we went to the Swiss Family Robinson house, climbed up to the top, and you can see the fireworks oh, from the top. Really I mean, cool. it was literally literally probably my one of my all-time favorite Disney memories but to be able to just find those little things and that for me is like what the park hopper lets you do we literally just went there (laughs) walked in went to the Swiss Family Robinson house met Tinkerbell went back home you know so Mm -hmm. if you didn't have that you don't kind of have that opportunity to just feel like you can just bop in or maybe you want to just go to Epcot for dinner and then go to another park to ride rides so I like the freedom of it. And that's kind of where I've always been, too, is, like, you know, you might be spending, I don't know, if it's $100 per person. I don't even think it's that expensive um, for, like, a, if you're staying there for, like, a week or so. I feel like it's usually about $50 per person or something like that. And I like that, that it just allows you the freedom to be able to move from park to park and go wherever that you want to go. And even if you've planned out your fast passes, you don't feel like you're obligated to stay in that particular park. I just really like the freedom of it. And I think it helps too with me knowing that if it is a rainy day and we don't get to do everything at Animal Kingdom because it's just a slushy mess that you can that's fine if I maybe we can go back on Friday or maybe we can do it another day so I think it's nice to have that opportunity if it's raining because it does rain frequently Mm -hmm. down there or even like you were saying if it's raining and you still want to go to the parks well Animal Kingdom has like no cover so then you could go to a place like Magic Kingdom where a lot of stuff is still inside or, Mm -hmm. or Epcot where you can still walk through World Showcase or whatever right. um, and not get too, too wet. Like, you at least have buildings to go into. Yeah. Or if it's hot or cold. It's just, it's good to know that it gives you some freedom and allowance to do and experience and not feel so confined. Mm-hmm. I think. So, um, meal plan. We looked at it and it's like, you know, the meal plan is, I believe it was like $72 for adults and then, this is the regular meal plan, and then it's like 40 something for kids. Uh, go back to the Disney food show that we did and we broke down the prices and all that. <laughs> but, not to spend too much time on it, but do you ever do the meal plan? Have you ever done the meal plan? Do you think it's a potentially a good value? We have never done the meal plan. I think the convenience of it would be really nice at some point. Um, but it's not, I don't see it for a little while because like Stella's now at the age where she's, she'd pay adult prices Hmm. and there's no way that we would ever get $72 worth of food. Right. Mm -mm. So I mean like that's, they would totally, you know, that would be a big loss on our part. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think at some point it would would be nice just because you just don't have to think about it. You could just scan your, your band and, and you, and you just walk in and eat, but um, also for the most part, we, we do try to, I think you can save money eating because so many of those portions are so big. Oh my gosh. So there's a lot of times where we'll split 
an appetizer and entree. And, you know, if you get that and you have some water, it's just, you, you can, you can make that a more of a cost saving part of your trip. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, I feel like that's the variable that you can either, it just goes really high or really low, but you have more control over it. Yeah. Last year we went into the parks for one day and we mm-hmm. ate at Yak and Yeti and we're used to like before when we were going like a couple of times, um, we always got the free dining promotion, so like it was one of those where you know we we always had the meal plan. But we I, it was kind of nice to just be able to get just an appetizer and an entree and split that between the two of us mm-hmm. and still be plenty full and um, not feel like you're wasting food and, and yeah. Stuff like that's that. the thing about the meal plan is I always felt like I didn't eat enough to where mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I was wasting a lot of food and I, <laughs> I just remember I just, when, there's no way I could eat it all. I just remember when I think it was at fifties <laughs> prime time or was it sci-fi and they go like oh well you can get a shake with your uh, as your drink and then if you want you can get another one for your dessert <laughs> and, like, and then you what? can just roll yourself back to your resort for a big old nap right and then we're wearing and like, do it again for dinner we're like, wearing like our uh, happy anniversary button so like they bring out cupcakes oh. at the end and you're just like oh my gosh so anyway I feel like we like typically try to plan and we've also always you know, between driving and, and staying places that have kitchenettes, we usually try to do some eating out of the park, whether we get up and make breakfast or we pack granola bars and Uncrustables just to have a snack. So I feel like we usually do like one big meal a day, whether it's character dining or you know something where we know we're going to have a giant... If we have a giant lunch, we probably don't need a whole lot for dinner or vice versa. So mm-hmm. I feel like with our kids being the ages they are, we we wouldn't make the most of it. But but again, I do see the appeal of sort of that Disney magic, you know, just like the Park Hopper and the Magical Express. It's like all these things that you don't have to think about the real world. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. look at your debit card and be reminded that you well, are spending money. Well, that's why you can pay money. with your magic band <laughs> so you don't even remember that you're, just you're spending it. And at the end, you're just like, oh. and What just happened? What did we what do? Happened? I will say what was nice about having that meal plan was that we could try different things that we normally wouldn't try and go different places because mm. we weren't worried about the monetary tie to it. We could just go in and try something. Eat steak every day. That's yeah. what I feel like just knowing Jake and I, we would feel obligated to get the most expensive that's, things. Yes. That's how I felt. Everywhere. Every like, Everywhere. I would want to spend. At get like, like 50s prime time, you like the yeah. same yeah. <laughs> which comes out on a tray this large, <laughs> and it's just like pot roast and fried <laughs> chicken. I mean, like, just insane. I would, insane yeah, I would feel gluttonous, but... I think I would feel obligated, though. So, starting to wrap up, um, but just rapid fire. If you have, in, if you could take your kids to any meal at Walt Disney World, where would you take them? I think our favorite. Our favorite. I don't know. Maybe we'll disagree on this, but um, I think we have yeah. two. I feel like we have two that we hit every time that we really like. We really like the Tusker House. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Animal Kingdom, and I always like to try to schedule that right at like. 1040, 1045, because you pay breakfast prices, but then you get lunch. Mm, see, um, obligated to make the most and get the bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like breakfast food. I like lunch food better. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, they have really good character. Like meat Safari there. Donald and right. Safari Mickey and all that. And, you know, they have like activities for the kids. They can go like play instruments and like do like a little parade. Um, so in the parks, that was probably one of my favorite ones to go to with the kids. I would say our other top one would be the Garden Grill 
at um, Epcot, right? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Is it the one that rotates? Yes. Nice. So it's a super cute environment. It like rotates. You see part of that living off the land boat ride. Great character visit too because you get a lot of time. But it's also like family style dining, so they just kind of bring big portions and everybody shares. Mm. Um, yeah, and just really good food too. Just everything is great. Tusker House, the food is all great. Yeah. We yeah. really liked that Ohana breakfast too at the Polynesian last time we were down there. Yeah, it's always fun to try like one of the resorts places to eat too. And I think when you go back to having that minivan service from Lyft, that would make it a lot easier because getting to some of those resorts yeah. from other resorts it gets kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if it's not like if it's a monorail resort or whatever, you could always go to like Ticket and Transportation Center and then go to whatever. But yeah, it's really nice just to be able to say, I want to go from Port Orleans to Polynesian take me there you know that kind of a thing speaking of the monorail that was something we didn't touch on earlier talking about like the things that kids like in between like our kids love first of all our kids love riding buses so i mean even now when we see like the city buses in springfield they call them disney buses because that's what they think they are but like the monorail even if you don't have to take i know they get on and be like we're never doing this again but even if you don't have to take the monorail, it's fun to kind of, even if you go out of your way, just to take a ride. Or some of the resorts that have, like, boat transportation, that you know, you can boat from the resort to a park. Just those little things that kids just get a giant kick out of. We sort of yeah. take them for granted, but the kids always enjoy. Awesome. And we had a really good time at the water parks, too. We didn't really talk mm-hmm. about that, but the kids have always really liked those as well. So even when... Uh, so even when there's nine buses going to Blizzard Beach, it's okay. We, have, we, we would be on one. <laughs> and we, I think I've the never past been couple to a water times, park there. Oh, their water parks are great. The past couple times, we've sort of made that our, um, especially when we've driven, like that's our last day there. So we kind oh, of get okay. up, go have breakfast somewhere, go do, you know, water park through like noon. So they're exhausted. <laughs> and then we just pack up and drive out from there. That's smart. Yeah. Really smart. Awesome. Well, do you have any other things that we hadn't hit on? I was, I was going to kind of go through this um, group where I posted, you know, like what are your tips and just see if there's anything that, that tends to, that we haven't hit on here. Um, people are saying uh, one is rob a bank. That's my, that's my brother <laughs> for you. Thank you, Scott. Don't go. Saying, that was another one I saw today. Uh, yeah, don't take a don't kid. Don't take your kids. Yeah. I will say like one thing that um, we had a, a kind of a scare last time we were down there um, just as far as like safety when you you have kids that aren't in a stroller. You know, we talk about when you have your kid in a stroller, the benefit is you know where they are and they're strapped in. Um, Jesse walked off from us in a giant crowd coming off of It's a Small World, and it was a scary couple minutes. So I think regardless of how old your kids are, always talking to them about a plan. We talked about a plan after that happened because it gave us a scare, but just letting them know... If they turn around and all of a sudden in a crowd can't see you, like, who can they go to? What should they do? Do they know their home number? We, at one point, had um, little Disney tattoos um, Mm -hmm. that had our phone numbers on them that the kids could just put, like, on their arm or their hand. And I know now, I think with the... um, Magic. Magic band, somebody, you know, they could scan it and get a hold of you. But just to kind of let kids know where to go or, you know, in the world we live in nowadays, you know, just making sure in a big crowd they know how to stay safe. And But even then, it was really, it was nice how many people, like, stopped what they mm-hmm. were doing. They saw that we were in a panic, and they stopped and said, 
you know, what does he look like? What's his name? Mm-hmm. And you just, it's like went down the line. Like people were like, hey, you see, you know, Jesse, Jesse, you know, like, and luckily, I mean, he was real close. He, you know, gone like to the, mm-hmm. like the bathroom area, mm-hmm. like right there. But, but when you're in those giant crowds. You just don't. And we also, you know, everybody, like there's the whole dorky matching t-shirt thing, but there's some beauty in that if you know what you're looking for. And we are pretty adamant about always putting our boys in like neon too in giant crowds they're always in like bright yellow and bright mm-hmm. orange so they're just easy to spot but That's yeah it's smart. just always nice to have that conversation so you know if you do get split up where are they more likely to go and do they know how to stay safe and uh craig mentioned that their friend felt like they overscheduled, um and so to not not worry about overscheduling. uh julie mentioned take your own food and drinks as much as possible because the lines for food and drinks can get real long um, well, that's a good point especially with the um i think they've changed it since we've been there last is the mobile order mobile ordering yeah and vanessa mentioned that in one of our tips episodes she was talking about how she was at casey's and there was just lines everywhere but she just walked right up to the counter and grabbed her hot dog and walked away mobile ordering is through my disney experience it's free to do and Mm. you can just basically like you can put in your order and then when you're about i think it's supposed to be like five minutes away or something like that when you're a certain amount of time away you're supposed to click it in and then that way they know that you're coming Mm. and you pay through your app so no money takes hand changes hands you just walk up grab your food and start eating so we're you gonna, think you could just walk up to the counter and be like, yeah, I had that hamburger. Yeah, that's see me. You get lucky. I don't know if they scan. Maybe they scan <laughs> your magic band. Maybe they're, they're probably smart enough. Okay, that one right there, that looks like mine. Um, Cassie. <laughs> like turkey legs for you. Right. One of our uh, one of our Disney cast member friends, Cassie, mentioned the baby care centers. If you have a real young child, that uh, every park has baby care centers where you can change diapers and just kind of like take a minute out of the heat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to, to think about. Um, I remember with Jesse, we felt like we hit that one up with when he was the first time. Mm-hmm. And I feel it was really nice at Animal Kingdom. I, I guess mm-hmm. like, I feel like that one can get that can get really hot. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah. Just like you said, it. it's just yeah, outside. It's, it's all outside and it's really hot. And I feel like they have a lot of amenities. I've seen where they have um, baby food and waters mm-hmm. and just anything that that child might need, they have there. And they're more than accommodating. So I definitely would check that out if you need something for your child, I would go there. Because, yeah, it just gets really hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Claire, I think the last one, uh, Claire just says, bring a stroller. They even had their 8-year-old in a stroller at times because, you know, it just gets, like yeah. you were saying, even the walk, if you think about, like, there, there are trams, but let's, like... At Hollywood Studios, even the buses are, like, seemingly a mile away from the front of the park. Mm-hmm. So, like, just that walk, stuff like that starts to even drain you. Yeah. So, uh, And you can hustle a little bit more when you have them all in a stroller. Um, they, and then she also said avoid uh, lines by eating at odd times. So if you're doing, like, the counter service mm-hmm. where you don't really have a reservation for it, you know, she said go at, like, 1140 and eat an earlier lunch instead of waiting in line at 12.01, you know, this huge long line. So there's some more tips and tricks. So do you have anything else that you wanted to mention? 
the other thing that we've done, and I know it's not quite as big as it was for a while, but we still do the Disney pin trading with the kids. Um, and we feel like it has saved us so much money because you don't have to buy them anything when you're there. We've even just gone on like Amazon or eBay. That's what we just did. To do, yeah, We've to never get done them. It before. Just came in the it's mail so fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's so fun. And they all have their own lanyards, and we got them starter pins, so they went with pins because they're cheaper to buy them, you know, maybe before you get there. And then it gives them something to do all the time. And it's such a great, um, again, like the teacher in me, mm-hmm. it's a great way for them to communicate communicate with people too because they're going up to people that maybe they don't know and they're having a conversation and they're talking about their favorite movie or their favorite pin and Mm -hmm. it's a nice way for them to feel like they're constantly getting souvenirs without having to spend a bunch of money and even if you do I mean without doing the actual trading like with cast members if you buy a pin every day you're still looking at you know six or seven dollars and and they feel so great about this whole experience around it so we've always really loved doing that with them and and it does keep them from every time like I said you wind up in these giant gift shops and instead of looking at the $200 stuffed Mickey Mouse that you have no way to carry all day they can get a pin to put on their lanyard or just talk to somebody there and not even have to buy one just kind of trade in and out that's really cool yeah Yeah, we've always loved that and I know like they offer that um like you can buy something and they'll just take it back to your room for you Mm -hmm. but there's something about making your kid carry it that they don't really want to get anything else <laughs> that's true that's very true I didn't even think about that because I always thought about that as such a, a nice value is that like you can just and I mean I was thinking I was thinking about this the other day like there, the sheet you have to fill out to send it back to your resort is not a small long like it's not a short sheet because you're like mm-hmm. filling out your like home address and where you're staying and all this so I was just thinking like if you're doing that several times a day like your kids could probably get pretty antsy during mm-hmm. that process as well of just even checking out so yeah making them carry it makes a lot of well, sense. Well then you still have to go pick it up at your resort. So yeah. it gets to your resort but you still have to go to that counter at your resort and get it and take it back mm-hmm. so it's yeah. I'm all about making them carry it. Yeah, because then Life also... lessons. Yeah. Well, because you can delay it, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this is this is what you want. I mean, you can get it, but you're, you're going to carry it all day. And right. if you see something else you like better, we're not getting it. You already have this thing. Because mm-hmm. you, ha- you still have yours. Whereas if... Mm-hmm. I feel like there's that... If it got sent back to the resort, you don't have that tangible mm-hmm. object for them to say, well, I don't have it. I, I don't have a <laughs> gift. Well, thank you guys so thank so you. much, and uh, this was this was selfish on our part because we needed to learn uh, <laughs> how to do all this stuff. So, thank you very much. We're really looking forward to our trip coming up, and looking forward to uh, unannounced Disney cruise in the future. Yes. Right? We gotta we gotta get we have to together. plan something Gosh, now. We've been talking so, about Disney all night. Yeah. It would right? be so awesome. So it would be really fun. You're gonna go on and book a trip tonight, aren't you? Before you go to bed, it might happen. That two hundred dollar deposit's very easy to get back. So, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but thank you so much uh, for, and especially to you, Jake, for being on for the very first time. Um, so, this month on the uh, traditional episode of Beyond the Mouse, we're talking with Nicole Sivak, and uh, we're talking her one of her favorite Disney movies, Aladdin, and also doing some park news. So, Brett and Vanessa will be joining me as well on that, and uh, I can't wait for that to drop and then beyond that uh, I'm sure when we get back uh, 
uh, from the trip. We'll have a trip report as well, and we'll talk all about it and uh, all the awesome time that we had. And like I said, we, we hope to continue these special episodes even into the fall and into the winter as well. It, but this is the official end of our summer of Disney World Tips, so we'll see where else we go from here. But thank you all so much for listening, and you can find everything on the Front Row Movie Reviews com or follow us on the Front Row Network. Uh, also join the Diz Fan Central Facebook group. Brett really started that, and he posts all the time all the Disney news you could ever want. It's just a fun community of people uh, that just all love Disney and love to talk about it when we should be working. So it's great. Uh, so thank you so much. And for the Front Row Network, I am Craig McFarland. Anna McFarland, excuse me. Don't, 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 don't. I'm Mary Kate Smith. And I'm Jake Smith. And we will see you real soon in the front row. September 19th, Front Row Flicks returns. Fresh off the great success of our inaugural screening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, we are proud to present the Alfred Hitchcock classic, North by Northwest. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders dependent upon me. And I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed. Cary Grant becomes a secret agent against his will. Propelled at gunpoint onto the highest level of international intrigue and framed for murder. Cary Grant, running for his life, searching for a man who doesn't exist, and a secret nobody knows, and finding a blonde who has all the answers. Hello there. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Shall I climb up and tell you why? At breakneck speed, they race together toward the excitement that lies dead ahead, north by Northwest. Pre-show activities begin at 6.30 with the film showing at 7 and the podcast recording to follow. For tickets and more information, go to hcfda.org.